I am Sean Farrell of the Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing Podcast and GateWorld.net, and I'm joined by Sally Malcolm, author of the Stargate SG-1 novels, A Matter of Honor and The Cost of Honor, and the Stargate Atlantis novelization of Rising. She is also the joint owner of, and chief editor of Fandemonium, the publishing company responsible for bringing Stargate to your local bookstores. Thank you for being with us, Sally. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you um, as I'm a huge fan of Stargate myself and a reader of science fiction, so it's the best of both worlds. And I'm wondering if you could start us off by telling us a little bit about the history of Fandemonium and how you came to be a part of the company. Okay, well, it's a kind of a strange story, actually, and it's probably not one that is all that common. But um, Fandemonium, I started uh, writing uh, fan fiction many years ago, Um, not Stargate, but eventually discovered Stargate and started writing Stargate fiction. And about five years ago, uh, my husband was saying to me, you know, you're doing all this writing, you know, you should be able to publish it. And I said, oh, you can't publish, you know, it's licensed, you can't do this. And and then someone said, well, why aren't there any Stargate novels? You know, there's loads of Star Trek novels. Why are there no Stargate novels? So we thought, yeah, that's a good point. You know, we looked around and we saw that Penguin had published two or three books way back at the start of the series, which had not been that successful. And just literally one evening, we were just hanging around the house. My son at the time was about, I don't know, eight weeks old. And, you know, so we were up a lot pacing about and we were thinking, you know, we should look into this. So um, really on the spur of the moment, uh, Tom, my husband, he he, uh, looked online to find the licensing coordinator or something at MGM and just sent a fax. We didn't really think anything would come of it, just saying, we we had a, a, a history in magazine publishing, at least my husband did business to business magazine publishing. So we on the back of that we said, you know, we're interested in, in publishing novels, Stargate novels. We honestly didn't really think we would get an answer. But to our immense surprise, the next day we got a call from the London branch of MGM, um, asking us about it and we were like, oh, Okay, you know, what's the deal? And they said, well, you know, there's these books, Penguin have got the license. And we said, yeah, but they've not published a book for four years. And there was a bit of rustling of paper. And, and the, the, the guy in the London branch said, well, okay, um, you know, give me a business plan, a short business plan, and um, and we'll see what we can do with the uh, UK-only license. So <laughs> we went into a slight panic mode because, of course, we'd never done anything like this before. But we thought, well, this is a fantastic opportunity. So we, we got some figures together and we wrote a very brief business plan and we sent it off to MGM in London. And uh, amazingly, they came back and said, they said, well, you know, tweak this, tweak that. And yeah, that's pretty good. We'll send it to LA for approval. And within a couple of months of that, we had got, uh, the approval for the the UK only license for um, Stargate novels. So at that point <laughs> we went oh, and we contacted uh, Sabina Bauer, who wrote our first uh, book for us, and uh, she had also written some fan fiction, which was very uh, well received online. And um, so I emailed her and said, "How do you fancy doing a book for us?" And uh, you know, she <laughs> she was like, uh, "Yes, okay, why not?" <laughs> And um, and that's really how it started. I contacted a couple of people I knew, and um, it was really a kind of out of the back bedroom joint effort, all sort of pitching in together, and just to see how we could go go ahead. We had, if we had known how much work was involved, we probably wouldn't even have started. We just thought, well, we'll 
we'll set up a website, we'll sell a few online, maybe through Amazon, and um, that's how it started. Of course, it, it really snowballed from there pretty fast. We realized we couldn't sell the books only through the website, so we had to investigate distribution and all the complexities of the book publishing business, which we had known absolutely nothing about when we started. So. We just, we really jumped in at the deep end <laughs> with it. We kind of blagged our way into it a little bit. Um, wow. But, it, you know, MGM were really happy with the books. And, and um, you know, the origin of the name of the company, Fandemonium, came from the fact that what we really wanted to do was write books that were written by fans because um, we wanted fans to uh, have the same kind of love for the show you know you know someone who's a fan of the show will write a, uh, a book in a different way to someone who is um a paid author who doesn't understand or love the show so we we started out we, we got fans we got them writing books that that we knew that the fans would like and mgm really appreciated um that quality of the books and they've you know they've said to us right from the start that we really like what you're doing with this because you know it, the quality of the writing is really really high and and the the depth of knowledge and obvious love for the show that comes through i think with all our writers um you know was something that they really appreciated and so on on the back of getting the uk license um we found out that the the worldwide license was was coming available there was a slight change of staff at MGM and um and a couple of years after we had the UK license we got we got the worldwide license which then enabled us to start selling in US bookstores right. and um, around the world. Yeah, that is really an amazing story. I mean, be careful what you ask for first off. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and just the power of asking. I think most people would have just said, "Oh, that's a pipe dream. That's never going to happen." But just by asking, you have this whole business and this whole career that almost kind of yeah. came out of nowhere, you know? I know. It, it was it was quite amazing. And we really didn't imagine, you know, when we first, it was just one of those nights where you're sitting there thinking, should we just try and see what happens, you know? <laughs> and lo and behold, it really was, we hadn't imagined that we thought we'd just get there, you know, thanks, yeah. but no thanks. So it was, um, yeah, really be careful what you ask for. I mean, it's been an amazingly interesting experience and we've we've learned a lot. And it's been incredibly hard work as well. And, it's, you know, it's, it's, we've got something like 18 books now sort of yeah. out there with about almost the same number in various stages of production. So, you know, we're really, we're, uh, it's, a, it's a whole new whole new ball game from the sort of initial couple of books that we planned to start with to see how you know see what happens see if we could sell any you know <laughs> well i for one I'm, I'm very grateful you're doing it as a fan of the show um you know a few years ago well I, sh I should say a few years before um you guys started publishing these books i was looking around for some because i thought stargate is such a vibrant science fiction property and had been yeah. on the air for several years by then and i thought surely there are novels based on this and i found a couple that penguin did and I didn't even bother buying them because they just they didn't look right. Just that they didn't, no. didn't feel like Stargate just from flipping through the pages and reading the descriptions. And then when yours came out, I bought the first two through Amazon UK, and boy, was that some expensive shipping! Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh dear. But uh, you know, I had a lot of fun with them. Um, and then I read um, I'm, I'm blanking on the title Martha Wells' Atlantis novel. Um, oh yeah. I did an interview with her for uh, Far Sector Science Fiction um, when that came out. 
Um, so I, I, as a fan, I've really appreciated that you've, you've done this and that the books are here in the United States. I can go down the street to my borders and they have them in there. It's very cool to us as well that they, you know, and in fact, we've moved our, um, our base. We, of course, we were printing everything in the UK and shipping, uh, obviously shipping to Amazon at first. And then once we had um, got the US license, we were still printing here and shipping to the States. But we've, mm. in the past year, now moved all our printing to the States and we ship a few things back to the UK. So we're actually, a, we are actually a multinational company, yeah. <laughs> strange as it sounds. <laughs> You know, I want to ask you about that because I've noticed that the newer books really just have a higher quality look and feel to them than some of the earlier ones. Are you using different printing technology now than you were before? We're using different printers. We've gone through about three different printers. Um, you know, we started off really not knowing much about books at all. So, you know, we went... It, there's so much involved in, in printing and shipping the books. You have to... Uh, it, it, the various stages of handling them. So it's been really a, a process of trying to... Dis- discover which is the most economic way of, of having the books printed, which printer to use, which printers have the most expertise in um, paperback printing, and then how they're packaged and how they're sent on to our distributors who then distribute them to the bookshops and all, all these sorts of things. So it's um, we've, I think we're on our third printer at the moment. We, we, you know, we keep moving around looking for better deals and, and things like that because publishing is a very, very... Um, the margins are very small, so you know you have to make your savings where you can in um, in in them. So we're always looking for a good deal in the printing, and so yeah, we do move them around, and and we we have um, you know we we're, we're always thinking you know what's the benefit of perhaps putting a little embossing on the covers or something, um, you know we have some ideas whether to do like larger prints you know, the larger paperback formats for some of our books and things. There's all things we think about in the future. Um, at the moment, you know, with the uh, current economic situation, is not the best time to be, uh, you know, looking for right. to splurge money and stuff. But, um, yeah, we're, you know, we, we have a few ideas about what we might do in the future in terms of the look and the feel of the books, yeah. You mentioned that you work closely with MGM. Can you talk to us about what the normal process is, is like of submitting a book to MGM and then how you work with them um, as the book is, is being written and then is ready to be published? Sure, yeah. Um, the first thing that we get from our writer is um, an outline uh, of about 4,000 words. Uh, well, the, the first thing is we get a one-page outline that comes to me, and then if I like it and think it's, you know, we haven't got a book too similar or whatever, then I'll ask for a 4,000-page um, outline of the story, which is what goes to MGM. Um, they look at that and they make sure that it, they think it you know, ties in with the feel of the show and uh, hopefully there's not too much of an overlap with um, upcoming episodes, although that is a problem. And we have actually recently had a problem where a book which is going to be published soon um, by James Swallow, and it's an excellent book, but unfortunately, and, and we are publishing it, and, it's, and it is a wonderful book. Uh, I'm not going to say what, but there's an element to it which has um, recently appeared in an episode. So oh, really? the problem being, yeah, it's not huge. It doesn't spoil the plot or anything. It's just a, a kind of a, a surprise element that I'm not going to say what it is, but because um, it is a it is a brilliant book, um, but because of our, our lead time, it's much longer than than the um, the show. So right. of course we we'll have a year thinking about a book and then they'll come in sort of, you know, write an episode that gets filmed 
couple of months after it's written. <laughs> and so there's not, we don't, we don't work that closely with the production. So that that can ha- happen occasionally. This is the first time it's happened at this point, but you know, the book's ready to go and it's going to go to the printers pretty soon. So that's that. But by and large, what happens is uh, we send the outline to MGM, uh, they approve it, and it comes back to us. Uh, the author writes the manuscript, uh, which comes to me, and I do some editing if it needs it, and it goes back to the author. And then it goes back to MGM, um, the, the whole manuscript does, and they will read through it, and they will come back with comments. They usually have some comments um, about, it could be anything. It, it, sometimes uh, some, some, some of our authors get a bit carried away with a, a bit too much a bit too much gore, a bit too much blood here and there, so we have to tone that down if they feel it's... Um, it's going a bit beyond what you'd see in the show, so we obviously have to keep it very much in line with, you know, about sort of PG thirteen ish. Um, so they give us out their comments, and which then go back to the author, who incorporates those. Um, we come to an agreement with MGM. Sometimes we'll argue a point if we think, you know, there's a reason to keep something a certain way, and um, and then it, yeah, we get the final approval from MGM, and it all gets, you know, laid out and, and proofed and stuff, and then they sign off on it. They sign off on the the galley prints, which is basically the book as you would see it printed out on the computer screen. So with all the uh, they call the verso page at the front with all the legal stuff and all that that one has to get approved by their legal department every time. And then once that's all okay, then it's off to the printers. So that, that's how you know, that's how we work with them. Has there ever been a time where you had a book you really liked and you really wanted to publish, but MGM said, you know what, you can't do this one for reason A or reason B? Has that happened yet? No, no, we've never had it where they've just said no, not that. We've never had it. Um, I know that has happened to people in other with other TV shows where they said no, you can't do that because you know that's going to come up in the in the in the season coming up. So um, yeah, I think a lot of our books tend to have been. Because our authors are fans of the show, by and large, they will take a concept from an earlier episode and they'll say, oh, you know, I wonder what, I wonder what the implication of that event was. And so a lot of our stories are woven around, you know, things that have happened in the series. And so they tend to be set, say, in, you know, season three or something like that. So they're not dealing with issues which the upcoming show has had to deal with. So... In that sense, we've been quite lucky that we've not really trodden on their toes or they've, you know, not trodden on ours. Obviously, when it comes to, you know, the the production has priority. But, I mean, we didn't start doing the book till season seven. So we only had three years where they were still in production anyway with with SG-1. So, which gives us a bit more freedom to, to, to go on and, you know, weave our own little bits of story around what the show established, which is, you know, what I quite like. Personally, I, I like the, the books that take events or reference events from the show and show them perhaps from a different angle or something, you know, bring a bit of extra depth to it, which, you know, because it, it what I like about tie-in books in our books is that we can get inside the characters' heads in a way that, you know, television doesn't really allow because you've got your 45 minutes to tell the story and, you know, you obviously have the actors and they, they bring a, bring all the emotion to it. But in a book, you can really be inside the character's head and, you know, play out what they're thinking, how they're feeling about certain events and so really analyse some of the things that have happened in the show, you know, and the feelings about them. You know, um, Martha Wells did that really well in Sacrifice Moon, I thought. Uh, no, sorry, that was, um, that was Julie uh, Fortune. Judy yeah. Fortune, yeah. <laughs> in I sacrifice. Like that, one. that was a good one. I really like that one as well, you know, and a lot of that was about Daniel and Sheree and how he, you know, his feelings about that and that, those sort of things. That's what I like 
that's the sort of thing I like. But we've actually got a lot of male writers coming up because I had I did realise we had a lot of female authors, and I, I'm aware that you know women obviously write certain t- subjects or you know in a certain way they have a certain interest in you know the, the more internal aspects of the story and and, uh, and male writers will often go for a bit more of a gung-ho plot so we've deliberately looked to find some more male voices to to bring in that other aspect of the show because it's, it's not all it's not all about the, the, right. the sort of the angsty drama of the show <laughs> right right yeah, I interviewed Michael Shanks at Comic-Con this year, and he, he was saying that working on Stargate is an actor's dream, first off. Um, but the only thing about it is it is an action-adventure show. So oftentimes the one thing that has to get cut is some of that character development, some of that stuff mm. you're talking about. We're in a novel. You have 70,000 words to work with. So you can give a few chapters to that and not take away um, from the action or, or from yeah. the movement of the plot. That, yeah, that's really a fun part of the books for me that I enjoy. Um, looking yeah. ahead, you know, you started only doing SU one novels, then you moved into Atlantis novels. Well, here comes Stargate Universe. Um, have you guys yeah. already have you already started uh, talking about that? We've been we've been thinking about it. We've been talking about it. We're looking at it. Um, you know, we're going to see. We're going to. Uh, oh, I don't want to uh, invest money in it until I've seen it. Until I see what 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 kind of show it's going to be. See, you know, see what the fans think of it. See see whether people are are going to you know buy into the show because you know like everything else you never know what's going to fly and what's not and um i was a big fan of voyager back in the day and that you know there's quite a lot of that element to it and you know the new battlestar galactica the sort of i like the idea of them trapped in a alternate universe and you know there's there's definitely a lot of scope there for playing with you know what's the established universe but then reflecting it in this alternative universe you know what's, what's it all going to be it could all be so there's a lot i can see that, that there's a lot of scope there so we're going to see how see how that goes and we'll 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 definitely you know we'll definitely be uh putting our our pitch in if we like the show and if we if our writers like the show you know we don't want to force you know say you know you have to churn out a, a book if, if people aren't into it but um I, I i imagine that they will be and that we'll be in there getting right. the in the uh, books out and there's also stargate worlds you know the the video game that's uh pending which we, we might have some we might have some involvement with uh, books based on that if that all goes ahead you know again it's just one of those things that you know it, it takes a while to for it all to fall into place you know you have to wait for all the different bits to come together but it's something we've talked to and I've talked to people about you know being who'd be interested in writing them so you know it's something that might happen as well down the line and we're also looking at perhaps expanding beyond Stargate into some other into some other shows as well that's another thing we're we're looking at yeah we haven't we haven't made any uh approaches to anyone yet you know we have to be conscious of the size of our company and what we can afford basically and, and who we can afford to approach because you know we can't go to you know we can't go to disney and say you know we'd like to do pirates of the caribbean novels because <laughs> they say yeah okay you can give us you know pick <laughs> them out and we'll be like oh it would be priced out of that market so you know we have to look carefully and and see where our you know where our fan base is you know where we know stargate fans we came into stargate as fans so we knew it really well when we started so we don't want to you know, we don't want to go in blind into another show. We really want to know it well before we go into it. So it's, you know, led by our interest as much as, you know, any commercial consideration. We, so, you know, we have to really love the show. Otherwise, we're not going to know enough about it to be able to make it good decisions. Um, you know, before we run out of time, I do want to ask you about uh, your writing and the books that you've written in the Stark Universe. 
Um, you wrote a, a duology, the, A Matter of Honor and The Cost of Honor. Did you yeah. think it was going to be a two-book arc, or did it <laughs> grow on you as you were going along? Oh, yes. It was meant to be one book, and um, I was getting to about uh, you know, 75,000, 80,000 words, and I'm saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to finish this in, in one book. And a friend of mine, Sharon, Sharon Gosling, actually, who does, works with Big big finish now she does the stargate audiobooks and she said well why don't you just make it two books i was like well there's an idea <laughs> so i'm a very i'm <laughs> a lot of the, the 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 pro writers that i've been working with they'll they'll do an outline and then you know they will deliver that outline to the letter and you know that amazes me because when i start writing i just have a vague idea of where it's going to go and then i just start typing <laughs> so um, well, oh, you luckily, know, uh, Stephen King writes that way, so it's all right. Does he? <laughs> yeah. That's all right then. <laughs> Good company. Yeah. So the problem, though, was that it, yeah, it was never going to be. It, it it just grew, so I had to split it, and that was quite scary because we published the first one before I finished the second one. So, um, you know, first of all, obviously, I had to write the second one, and also I had to. I couldn't. You know, when you write and you think, oh, I've just got this really good thing, but in order to make it work, I have to go back to chapter one and make this happen. I couldn't do any of that. So that was quite a bit scary. I wouldn't recommend doing it that way, but that's just how it turned out. And of course, it was like, you know, our third book or something. It was, you know, because I was doing it because, you know, I didn't have to pay myself any royalties. (laughs) That was, uh, that went well. It was really good. And I really did enjoy writing it. Having written fan fiction um, for Stargate before, it was a real challenge to then try and write it. Um, a book that had a much wider appeal. Fan fiction is quite narrow, you know, by default, which, you know, I like about fan fiction as well, but having to write a book, um, you have to, you know, it has, to much, it has to mirror the show rather than fan fiction, I think, always sort of picks the show apart a little bit, deconstructs it, and a book has to try to replicate it in a, as much as a, a book can in the different formats. So it was a, that was a challenge as well to do that. And, of course, um, yeah, since then, I've, I've done some of the audio dramas as well for Big Finish, and that's been another yeah. completely different challenge, too. Well, let's talk about that. The audio dramas are very cool. I, I've listened to some of their previews, though I haven't purchased any of them. And you've written several, and you've, I mean, Michael Shanks performed one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was amazing, yeah. <laughs> so can you talk to us about the experience of, of writing for that, and, and did you work with any of the actors? I got the chance to be there when they recorded the first one, The Gift of the Gods, with Michael Shanks and because uh, they recorded that one in london and uh, that was really exciting it was it was so fun um i was really nervous actually i mean i'd written the script i was fairly pleased with the, how the script had turned out but um i can't tell you how nervous i was when michael shanks walked into the studio like holding the script and just flicking through it and i was just waiting for, you know waiting for him to go, this bit's a bit rubbish isn't it you know <laughs> he was fine and he even was very very kind after you know there's a sort of a lunch break in the middle and uh, he said, oh, you know, it was a good script. And, you you know, you got Daniel's voice really well. So that was a real thrill. I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was really exciting. And we were, I was with, with Sharon, who is a friend of mine, and who, who was directing it. And uh, so we were in the sort of, you know, the, the sound bit behind and, and Michael Shanks and the, the other actor, who's, oh, whose name I forget, but who was very good in it as well. Um, they're in their little glass booths. And uh, Michael Shanks, you know, he starts talking and me and Sharon look at each other and she says, oh, my God, it's Daniel Jackson. <laughs> and suddenly he was, you know, it was just it was just amazing. And to hear, you know, the words that I'd written sort of come out of Daniel Jackson's mouth, it was a real that was a real thrill. 
it was really exciting. And then, you know, later when, when Sharon sent through the, um, the, the final version of it, the music and everything, and all the effects, and it, I sort of, I, I had to, I was quite, I was really nervous actually listening to to it all. I don't know. It feels like it's a kind of a strange sensation to hear something that you've written, sort of produced like that, and it was the first time that had happened. So I sort of had to sort of lie down <laughs> in a dark room with my earphones on, listening to it, and I was amazed. Actually, I actually got goosebumps listening to it because it was just with the music and everything. It just sounded amazing. I was like, wow, you know, it's like it adds. It's it's like you know, writing a script is so different from writing. Um, a novel because you, the script is just a blueprint and everybody else puts in all this stuff which makes it come alive and it was just amazing to hear all of that all that sort of talent sort of put onto something I had written it was a it was a real thrill it was amazing really exciting well Sally it's been a pleasure having you uh, on the show today is there anything else you wanted to mention before we sign off that I didn't ask gosh um I can't think of anything else I think I think I've said everything <laughs> I hope I haven't talked too much well, folks, you can learn more about Fandemonium Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis novels by visiting StargateNovels.com. And if you look in your local bookstore and you don't see them, then you need to tell them they should carry them, you know, ask them to get a couple of copies into the store. So, Sally, thank you very much for being with us today. Really yeah. appreciate it. Okay, cheers. 